Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It is Friday morning, and we are going to have a kick-ass episode for you this week, I got to tell you. I've got with me Bo Humphreys. Well, he's not technically with me. He's up in the great country of Canada. He's probably a little cooler up there than I am down here in Florida. We're dying 100 degrees in Florida. It's kind of crazy as we record this on June 26th. But Bo Humphreys is a personal financial coach. He's also the host of the Personal Finance Show now. I was on his show a while back. It's been quite a while now, and I had a great time being on his show. And what he does is he helps educate folks and helps them get themselves squared away financially. And as you guys know from the Cashflow Guys podcast listeners, getting yourself right financially is one of the most important steps to being successful as a real estate investor first. And Bo is on the show today because he's got a very compelling story that I want to share with you guys. I think you're going to find a tons of value in this. Bo, welcome to the show. Great to be here. It's about, uh, I, I had to do the conversion online. It's about 82 uh, degrees today here. Oh, but not, not cold, but not, not as warm as you. That's hot for Canada, isn't it? I mean, aren't you guys like moving farther north or that, something? <laughs> no, this is when, well, you know, southern Ontario is basically within the states, right? True, so true. think uh, Detroit, uh, you know, think uh, Minnesota, perhaps. Right. Uh, in the summer, it's, it's nice, right? It's, this is when we get it. Like for a couple of months, we'll get, you know, 80s or above. Right. Well, I grew up in <laughs> maybe in Buffalo. Maybe into the 90s. Yeah, yeah you yeah, you grew up uh, north. Yeah. I remember uh, I remember winters being hellacious, but I remember summers being great. And I do remember, the best thing I remember is that when I was a kid growing up in Buffalo, the drinking age in Canada was 19. So <laughs> we could just scoot across the border to Niagara Falls and, and race holy heck and, and off you go. But anyway, so thanks for coming to the show. And, and for those of you, I didn't really mention it in the intro, guys, but I met Bo... I, I did mention that I was on his show, but I also uh, got to spend some time with him at uh, FinCon, which is a great conference if you're really looking to get a good handle on what's going on in financial markets and the personal finance industry. FinCon is a great way to do that. And I didn't catch up with you on the last day of FinCon. We saw each other in the first few days there. How'd FinCon go with you? Did you make some good contacts, Bo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, FinCon is uh, fantastic. It's uh, I didn't know it existed. I didn't uh, until, you know, I started blogging and then people started telling me about it. And I've just met so many people and had a lot of po uh, podcasts, uh, I guess, as well. That's cool. You know, I love the story that you, you, you made it on a Facebook post with, I guess you were con having a conversation with somebody else. And one of the things that hit home now, I've never been a gambler, I got to tell you, because I'm just scared, <laughs> I guess. It never really intrigued me. You're smart. Well, it's one of those things my dad was. And I saw what it did to him, and I didn't want to follow. And his, although he was a great man, I didn't want to fall into that same trap. So I didn't do it. But yeah. the reason why I want this is so important to talk about the whole gambling thing is a lot of folks get into the real estate investing space, and they're essentially lying to themselves, thinking they're not gambling, right? They're out there speculating. They're buying properties. They're irresponsibly financing properties. They're going into high interest and and very difficult terms that are very challenging to, to get over on. And, and really, it's no different than gambling in Vegas, in my opinion, for a lot of folks, flipping houses, that type of thing. And I found your story, being a recovered gambler, very compelling. And I really want to kind of give us the background of, of what got you to be a personal finance expert at this stage of your life. Yeah, so, you know, I, I was uh, working in finance in the music business. So I, 
you know, I do have an education in, uh, in business and commerce and accounting, uh, finance. Uh, but my personal life for the first, you know, from all of my twenties was a mess financially because I had this gambling addiction, uh, which, you know, started really early and it was, uh, you know, we, I find out later that it's a, a coping mechanism for my attention deficit disorder, which I got medicated for in my late twenties. Right. And, you know, ADD seems really like whatever to a lot of people, right? Oh, you, you know, you're jumping around as a kid or you can't focus, uh, you know, just focus harder. But it, it can be a, a debilitating for um, some people, uh, including myself, in that I was afraid of everything, you know, afraid of, of starting something, afraid of uh, meeting people, afraid of having any responsibility because I couldn't focus on any of it. And right. it took all of my energy, just daily tasks on. So gambling was my way to cope with like a regular day of work, say, that everyone else just, you know, it might be a hard day, but they're, you know, they relax at the end of the day and start over the next day. I had no juice to begin with. Right. And so I kind of needed to make up for it uh, by coping. I could have been an alcoholic. I could have got into drugs. You know, I like money. I always did. I, I uh, you know, I know now I like little wins. Uh, I drive for Uber in the mornings now, early mornings. So each, each Uber ride is a, a little win for me. So it's, it's nice. And when you get a fare and then, and you, you start over, right? That's there awesome. are other ways to get a uh, little win. So I, I found out uh, too late. But, uh, so yeah, I got caught up in gambling in my, my whole twenties and, you know, um, I racked up about 40 grand in debt and uh, there was a couple of incidents in there where I just, you know, I lost 20 grand in, in a day oh. and I made a video about that one. You can see that on YouTube. And it was just, you know, when I hit the 40 grand, I had no money for rent. And I just was like, I got to figure out what it is. You know, I looked into the ADD and all that. So I started figuring out what was wrong with myself. Uh, but one of the things I had to do to put a stop uh, to all of this was uh, basically go bankrupt. Uh, you know, in Canada, it's a consumer proposal. It's a, a proposal to my creditors. Um, instead of uh, zero, they get a little bit. Okay, so it's similar US. to chapter thirteen, right? Similar, like yeah. chapter thirteen. Okay, similar. Not they're not exactly the same, but it's the closest thing to it. And and of course, then the other uh, seven, I guess, is full bankruptcy sure. here in Canada. I think they're equivalent. But uh, with a proposal, you don't have to go to court or anything like that. Um, it's uh, it's a legal procedure, you know, in in uh, under the Canadian government. But it's just you know file the paperwork, propose to the creditors, and so they accepted 15 grand out of my 40. Um, and that included uh, that 15 grand includes uh, fees to the bankruptcy trustee and to the government for having the program. And so it doesn't matter to me what the fees are because it's all part of this $300 a month that I would pay for 50 months. Right. And that uh, froze everything. It got, it, it got rid of all my credit and uh, it ruined my credit rating, of course, which is totally fine. Because that's what I needed. I needed to get rid of credit. I was so wrapped up in it. So you, essentially, and, you you accepted that, I'll call it, for lack of a better term, the punishment of having bad credit as a means of healing from this process. Yeah. Yeah, it's like removing yourself from the toxic thing. Um, and to me, it, you know, the gambling was, was the result of the, the mental health issue that I didn't have resolved, 
but the enabler was credit. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't one to travel to casinos. I'm not going to go and sit in front of a slot machine. Right. Uh, this was a very private thing for me, and I gambled online, right? Wow. You know, I guess I didn't really, I never really thought about the online gambling. It takes it to a whole new level as far as ease of access, right? You, growing up in Western oh, New York, yeah. you can't gamble unless you go to the Indian Reservation. So you actually have to get in the car exactly. and drive there. But you... And now with the internet, you can do this from the comfort of your own home or the front seat of your car, from your cubicle at work or whatever. I mean, I can see where it could be crippling. Oh, there's apps now, like mobile apps. It's the worst. Like, I, you know, I see ads when I play, uh, you know, just regular uh, games on my phone, right? Right. Of course, the, the people who advertise are the, are the casinos. Exactly. And uh, even the, the uh, benign... Uh, free slot machine games, they, they often have a link to paid uh, gambling. So the gateway is, is so much bigger now. It's like, and, and when I started in the, the late, like 1999, 2000, that's when it exploded. There were hundreds of casinos that opened online and then uh, now thousands, uh, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, the bonuses, they, they really just draw you in, right? It's like, hey, you get $1,500 for free uh, by just signing up. And you're like, well, that sounds interesting. I'll just use that to make more money. Yeah, it's like the masters of, they are, I, but, in my opinion, don't, don't, don't you feel that they're, they're kind of like the masters of marketing? <laughs> you really want to learn marketing, oh, yeah. follow a gambling company <laughs> or a casino. Yeah, or a uh, cigarette company. Right. <laughs> so they it's, for you does it feel like or did it feel like maybe it still does I don't know did it feel like to some degree they're almost chasing after you everywhere you go everywhere you oh, look yeah. retargeting ads they're they're popping up like you know like you just said the $1,500 free $1,500 come in here everything will be fine don't worry give us your credit card I see a big parallel oh, well. that, that, like the real estate gurus right well, the real estate gurus have that same gimmick they promise they, they get rich quick this will be mm -hmm. easy sign here you know, predatory. Yeah, no, no risk. I'm sure no risk is used in advertising. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Guaranteed returns. Anything like, like it's all red flags, right? Um, you know, some people get lucky with gambling. Some people got lucky with, uh, with marijuana stocks. Hey, you know, you can get lucky with anything. Sure. Uh, or Bitcoin. If you're there at the right uh, time. And the, the problem is using these examples as, as what could you know, happen for everybody, it's so isolated. You know, um, I I did win a jackpot, right? Uh, but because I'm uh, because I I will say I am, even though I haven't gambled for uh, seven years, uh, and I consider myself to be free of the addiction. You know, I I am still a compulsive gambler. I'm just not active. Right. It's it's uh to put it in the past, um, which I do like. It isn't living in the past for me, but it's good to acknowledge that like. I did do this, right? It, it seems like another person, but it was me. Right. And it's hard sometimes because, hey, uh, you know, I went through this uh, uh, proposal 10 years ago and uh, I'm only talking about it now. It's hard to find people uh, who went through this uh, recently and are in a place to talk about it. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, I went through bankruptcy many years ago. Um, you know, I was in that, mm -hmm. I was in a, I wasn't a, I didn't have the gambling addiction. I was financially irresponsible, which in some degree is 
probably worse. <laughs> I just did. It's all, it's all very similar, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was, it set me back. I know that going through that process, I, and that's kind of what my next question is you do the consumer proposal. Let's, let's call it, you know, for the U S it's a chapter 13, uh, bankruptcy. Sure. So you got to pay a portion of it, but you immediately lose all ability to really finance anything. What does that feel like for the first couple months or the first year? Is it, is it completely crippling? I mean, are you sitting there going, Oh my goodness, I can't even get a hotel room or a rental car. What, what's that like? Yeah, that's it. You, I mean, in a way you have to shut down a little bit and protect yourself because right. the last thing you want to do is be in a position where you need what everyone considers to be a regular access to some credit and you don't have it. And either then you have to tell them why, or you can't do the thing uh, that you wanted to do. And either way, it's, it's not good for the self-esteem at that point. Sure. So it, it, you know, I probably put up a bunch of barriers at that point while I was working on myself. Um, I made sure I had a, a solid landlord um, who wasn't going to, you know, kick me out. And then I would have to look for a new place, which may require a credit check. Right. That's, that's number one right there. It's like, make sure you have a place to live. Right. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, and also make sure that you don't need any credit for the next, well, seven years. I mean, it, it took four years to pay it off and then three years for it to clear from my, my credit rating. And I knew that was, um, com I knew that was coming. I knew that was my, oh, look, I knew I wasn't going to buy a house. I didn't have any money. Sure. Like you, there's a lot of things you don't even worry about because you don't have any money to, 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 to use to buy anything uh, that might require a big amount of debt, like a mortgage. Um, you're not getting loans. You're not getting credit cards because that, that was the a burden that I was uh, relieving myself of. Right. So that wasn't a big deal. It, it's the little things that you're talking about. I can't, you know, can't book a plane, can't book a thing. Now I did get a secured credit card probably about a year uh, in, right. uh, but that's giving a, a company $500 and, and then them giving me 500 in credit. Um, and, but it looks like a real MasterCard. So that's good. Nobody, you know, who I'm using it with knows any different, but it's not like, I'm not, it's not credit. It's me spending my own money <laughs> and then reaccessing that money. Right. Um, I'm paying it with my money again. So, and they put it in a GIC in a, in a, in a, in a, a CD, uh, uh, secured right. deposit for me for the credit card. Right. So, so uh, that I don't really count. Right. I didn't, I don't count that as credit. But it sounds, it's it's a means of healing is what it sounds like. I mean, it keeps you, you're never going to go over that. I mean, today's day and age, all you got to do is call any credit card company, as you well know, and say, I need another 10 grand, and they'll probably give it to you um, and create that. Yeah, if that you have the income. Cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people lie about that these days. But, They're like, oh, yeah, sure, I make another 50 grand, give me 10 grand. <laughs> so. Mm. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that with a secured card. I, I could have mailed them another uh, $500 check. Right. Yeah. And, and kept going. You know, the, the whole, yeah, the, the, that would have defeated, defeated the purpose. The, the uh, purpose of a secured card is to, to start be, building some regular uh, payment on your, uh, on your credit report uh, so that you have something to start with when you come out of this. But even then it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's so you can book a car. Right. You can put, put, put a $500 deposit on a car, 250 or whatever you need to, to rent it, right? For you. Um, and a small flight. Right, yeah. 
for you and your experience, I know you had, it was a little taxing emotionally early on, but did you get to the point to where you just got to breathe a big sigh of relief and say, oh, I'm actually glad I did this to myself. <laughs> did you go through that? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, I say now that it, it saved my life. I, it gave me the, the freedom uh, to focus on what I need to focus on, but also it taught me every, like the, the basics of personal finance that I was missing. Um, you kind of have to go through it to understand how important it is. Like I couldn't put anything on a credit card. Uh, I needed to have my rent in the bank right. on the first of the month. The, and, and uh, because of that, I couldn't spend that money. Therefore, if I didn't, if I didn't have enough for groceries, I couldn't buy groceries. <laughs> oh yeah. Most people in North America don't even know what that feels like. If you need groceries, you put it on a card. Right. You figure out how to pay for it later. Well, take that option away. No, you need you need to to put it all in a list and say, okay, I have you know two thousand dollars today. What do I need in the next month, two months, three months? When am I getting paid next? When's that going to actually hit my bank account? Those things become so important because there's no other way to pay for them. I see. So for you, you become very in tune with exactly where you are financially at any given minute because it absolutely becomes critical for basics like food and food and lodging. Absolutely. And it gave me uh, at first, like it, well, where it seemed like it was a prison, it turned into freedom. I knew where I was at all points in time. So as the, I was able to build up my savings and I'm paying down this debt. And then when the debt is gone, now I can put that in savings. Right. I'm looking and I'm saying, Oh, well I actually maybe can afford to budget in some clothes for this month or this year, or I can go out to dinner once a week or twice a week or every day as my income increases. And this is a, you know, this is a seven year process that I'm going through where I know I can't get a, a real credit card until this is over. And even then I find out, um, you know, it's it, not everybody wants to get one to me, especially the ones that were included in my proposal. I am dead to them forever. Right. And, and I'm not going to, you know, that, but going back to what we were originally talking about, that's probably a good thing. That's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. You don't want tons of credit. Right. But you you do need uh, to build real credit, and there are situations where, yeah, I, I would say like I never would need more than, I'm gonna even say two or three grand uh, in credit to you know buy something like a flight. Like I went to Australia, the flight right. to Australia was over two grand, and so yeah, you want a credit card that can support that. But I still had that money in the bank, and I paid off the credit card the next day. You know that you uh, credit cards are tools, right? Um, you know, to get points or for convenience, that kind of thing, not to be used as extra money. And I think that's what we're all missing, uh, in terms of, you know, borrow this money to do the thing. Well, sometimes you have to like a house, of course, sure. you know, nobody has that amount of cash, but for most uh, other things, you save that money first and then you can buy that thing. That's the rule. And we break it all the time. Bo, what do you say to the person? I, and I have, I even have close friends like this that I know are in deep debt and their justification for continuing to swipe the credit card 
is the miles or the points or the or whatever the gimmick is that the credit card company has got out there to get you to keep swiping. What do you say to these people? Well, if you have any trouble spending uh, with a credit card, you shouldn't have a credit card. It's not like it's just the convenience tool, and it's it's you're supposed to be using it to your advantage. It, if you're going into debt because of it, it's taking advantage of you. You're spending money you don't have. That's a good point. And like that, that's really like if they're just like, oh, but I, I won't get the points. Yeah, but think about the, the the negative side. For me, I don't have an issue anymore. So I can put everything on a credit card, which I do. And then I pay it off that week or the next day or, you know, within a, a week and a half before the month gets there. That's for sure. And that, yeah, then for me, yeah, I got extra money with that. I got money that I wouldn't have got if I paid for paid it for with paid with cash or, or debit. Right. And that's a benefit to me, but only because I've taken care of this problem that I used to have. Uh, I had eight credit cards at one point, wow. and it was a nightmare transferring balances here and there, calling them to to put through a payment so that I could get more available credit, you know, within an hour, so that I could gamble more, like. Yeah, that's not somebody who should have access to credit at all. Without credit, I, I might have figured out a way to go and, and go to casinos and figure it all out. Would, have, would it have happened the way that it did? Absolutely not. Uh, there's no way that I could have done what I did uh, without credit cards. And, you know, that once I figured out that I, I could survive without credit, wow, like that changes everything. And then you, you, you just become more aware. And, I think that's what's happening uh, when people just swipe and look the other way, they just become very numb to what they're doing and they're not like actually caring about the consequences because right. you can just make minimum payments. You know, what's interesting is I do the cash flow one-on-one game. I, ha- I host events in my local market. I'm getting ready to actually take that show on the road, but the um, during the cash flow one-on-one game for years and years, I would not allow people to, we had, we always used cash in the games and not, you know, not mm. real money, yeah. but the monopoly money type thing. And it got to the point that we're, it, it really, and the reason why we don't use it now is our games got big and we've got, you know, 50 to 70 people show up at our events and it's hard for a couple of us to man, manage that many people playing banker. But, uh, people want to, yeah. they always want to default to the, using the app, you know, cashflow one one has an app, which basically it's a done for you type solution. And, we don't allow that. Mm. I, some people really get angry when we don't allow them to use the shortcuts. They actually have to use a check register. They have to count out the money. They have to make, you know, they, they can't just buy whatever they want. They have to go through those exercises. And to your point, finance has become easy to abuse. They, they do a really good job, the credit card companies, the banks, the whoever's, of making it very easy to, to take on debt and get themselves aside from a gambling addiction because the gambling addiction is just one component of it. There's also the whole thing about over shopping, right? We exist in society yeah. where everybody finances everything. It's not the, the everybody shops by payment. Well, geez, how much will that cost me a month? It's not how much does it cost me to buy? I guess it's great if you got something for sale. Yeah, that's the worst. If you're the buyer, then that's really then a what- problem. What if you run out of the, your, the ability to pay them payments, right? You know, that, that's what people don't think of. Exactly. Uh, you know, I'll always just make my minimum payments, right? And they're, they're you know, nobody's infallible. It's, uh, 
you can get sick, you can lose your job. Something can happen where you need the money for something else. It's a, it's a much better life to not have any debts. You're so much freer. Um, you can do whatever you want. That's pretty amazing. What do you say to the person that's almost, that's listening right now. That's almost at that breaking point where they're, you know, they're having to call the, look at their app for their credit card to see if they've got 30 bucks on there to buy lunch. They know they've got a problem. What do you, how do you, you get them over the edge to say, okay, now it's time to get serious and clean this mess up and, and, and take responsibility. What do you say to help that person? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a golden question. It's, uh, sometimes it's tough uh, to help someone if they're not ready to help themselves, right. but no matter what problem it is that they're, they're dealing with, I mean, the, the spending is likely a symptom of something else uh, going on in their life. That's a good point. And if they are at the point where they are ready to, I like, I need to stop spending. I know that it's like hurting my life and I can't keep up with this. Then they have to, then the, the step that they take is to go get some counseling and to find out what, what is causing this. Nobody's just like, Oh yeah, I just, uh, I spent all this money for no reason. Right. There's, there's a reason uh, we, you have to explore. You have to find out what it is and, and stop living in this cloud and, you know, the more, when people start doing that, they start to realize, yeah, you know, this is, I'm just doing this because that's what I thought everybody else uh, was supposed to do. And that's what I've been told. And, and it's a lot of brainwashing uh, by media. And, you know, like you need, it, you need this car and you need that and, and you have to work one job and, exactly. uh, you know, all that stuff. There's so many ways to make money, as you know. Um, and then there's so many ways to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah. I think the, the numbers are equal. The problem is most people don't know about the way that all the ways to make money, they, but they're really good at the ones that how to spend it. <laughs> that's, that's the way. And I think that's to, right. And we need to focus yeah, on, on, on your, what you're teaching to make money first. Right. right. Um, and then, then you can spend it. Then you earn the privilege of spending money. Absolutely. But Within reason, I still subscribe to, I mean, we achieved financial freedom back in 2014, my wife and I did, and and we got there pretty quick, but the reason why we got there faster than the average bear, so to speak, is that we didn't have any real debt to speak of at the time, and what we did have, we paid off. So it made it a lot easier for us to get yeah. out of the rat race. Now, granted, I was foolish enough to think that I could stop and educate the world for free on how to do the same thing I did and wound up getting myself back into debt in the process of doing that because having a podcast and running websites and channels and all of this content that we create, that costs money. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I spent absolutely. not enough time earning back then and, and too much time creating content for free and got myself back into debt, which fortunately we were able to get ourselves quickly back out again. But to your point, you know, it's two edged, a double edged sword. When we start to borrow, we, we first have to ask ourselves, why are we borrowing, right? What What is missing? Aside from the emotional piece of it, clearly we have a lack of earning problem. Uh, yes. And, yeah, yeah. What? Why am I borrowing, right? Right. right. That's a great question. And when I see people not ask themselves that question, because they'll say to me, well, I'm broke and I want to get into real estate. Okay, well, let's stop right there. Why are we broke? Let's yeah, solve that. Yeah, that first. Exactly. And, but we all want to run to the finish line. It's like, no, no, I just want to be, I want to be rich. I want to have a mansion. Well, that's great. But you're never going to have one because you don't have the right money mindset. 
which leads me to you go from having this putting your getting into a financial mess and i've been there i know what that feels like um i've been able mm-hmm. to, to recover like you have but wh- now you you coach people financially you become a personal finance coach so let's kind of talk about that transformation at what point did you say i'm going to be able i'm going to help other people what does that look like well you know it was uh and i was starting to get money again. I was starting to be able to save money. And, you know, with, I, I did this necessary tracking of my income and expenses. And I, I just realized how freeing it is. And it's so basic. And, you know, I was, I continued to work in, in, in corporate finance in the music business, you know, for, uh, for Live Nation. Um, that's what I was doing until a couple of years ago. And it just all seemed so empty to me. Uh, you know, great company. Just I wasn't in that place anymore where I'm working nine to five and and uh, I'm making reports for other people and uh, you know making payments to artists and things like that. I wanted to help other people. You know, get to the place where I where I was at, uh, where I got to. I had to go through the struggle. Not everybody has to go through the struggle. They might just need a a little push. You know, I had somebody on the podcast and. He uh, he was having trouble uh, finding a house. He had this down payment saved up. He got he got uh, tired of uh, waiting to do something with this down payment money. So he, he decided I'm gonna well I'm gonna invest it in the meantime. Uh-oh. And uh, so he he bought one stock. Um, it was uh, a research in motion, otherwise known as BlackBerry. Right. And the year was 2008. Uh-oh. And uh, and. <laughs> And two weeks later, uh, his uh, stock value was cut in half. Oh. And the reason I, I, I like to talk about that one specifically is because all that he needed was to talk to somebody. It didn't have to be a financial planner. It didn't have to be an advisor. It could have just been somebody who was more knowledgeable about personal finance, just slightly more knowledgeable than he was, right. to say, hey, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Hey, uh, maybe one stock. Oh, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, that's a tech stock, so you never know what's going to happen. If you want to put it somewhere safe, oh, wait, you're going to use it for a down payment? Don't put it in anything. <laughs> it's like, and, you know, as a coach, it's very easy for me to do that. And I realize the value of just having a conversation with somebody about the basics. Like, you know, let's talk about how much money you make, how much you spend. And what the, what the difference is, what's left over? Okay, what are we going to do with that? What are your goals for money? What do you actually want to do with this money? Are you saving this for the fact that you're saving? Are you putting money in a retirement account because somebody told you to? Or you want to use that for retirement, right? It's like, do you need that money anytime soon? Do you have any money? Do you need to earn more? How do we earn more? All this kind of stuff. These are very, very basic conversations, but they still are necessary and the investment one, the what do I do with the money? What's that doing? Do I start uh, learning about real estate? Well, you got to have some money first, you know. Uh, do I do I, uh, do I just put it in uh, index funds or do I go to a robo-advisor? That's a conversation to be had when you have money. And <laughs> it takes a while to get there. So I want to help people get to the point where, you know, they're at least cash flow positive or positive net worth and and some of them can be with just a few little tweaks. And that's the revelation that I had when I went through it is, hey, you don't go from 40,000 negative to 100,000 positive um, just 
you know, by doing the exact same thing you were doing before. <laughs> I had to change my life and change my view, right? Uh, and that's, that's what a lot of people, unfortunately, have to do. And I can't help them in, until they're ready. But when they are ready, then I can help point them in the right direction. Boy, there were some gold nuggets in that. In that, absolutely. And <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, I was taking notes feverishly. It's like I just had a call the other day with a guy that, um, in, in, to your point, you'd said when people are ready, you can help them. And I went through. I, I do the the consultation calls from time to time with with people that want to reach out and get unstuck. And I think you're right. Is that sometimes it's not the it's people need to. You can't really tell them what to do because they probably won't do it when they come to their own realizations with some guidance, like getting on the phone with you and having a consultation, they can start rethinking. And yeah. when, when you ask those pointed questions to really make them reevaluate where they're at, how they get there. And more importantly, what are the steps they can take right now? I mean, I'm sure that if someone's got $50,000 in, in credit card debt and they call you for advice uh, about what stock they should buy, the conversation probably goes along the lines <laughs> of, why do we have $50,000 in debt at 18% interest? Because That's right. whatever you're going to earn doesn't matter because it's going to be offset by that, that bad debt. Uh, and I think that's, and, and really a bank good. is not going to do that for you. No, like uh, a bank or even, even the robo advisors, like they're not going to help you with that. They just want to know how much money you have to give them. And then they will try to put it in the right product for you. Maybe they just want to take your money. Sure. They're not looking at it from a holistic point. And that's where a coach or in a consultant or anybody that can help you um, impartially is a good idea. If somebody wants to reach out and schedule time with you, they can go on your website, correct? The bowhumphreys.com. That's right. And then, yeah, I, I, I get free 15 minute consultations. You just have a chat and, uh, you know, I want people to decide if this feels right for them. Right. It's not for everybody. Right. Right. And then, yeah, then we would probably uh, like to think of it as a, what you would do if you went to a counseling session sure. or, you know, a career counseling or coach or, or any, or a personal trainer, even if you want to compare it to that, you're just going to do it monthly or weekly if it was a personal trainer, I guess. And then we make a little progress as we go. So what I like about this, Bo, I'll be honest with you, is that what you, number one, it doesn't matter that the listener that's listening to the show right now is in the U.S. and you're in Canada. That doesn't make one bit of difference because, you know, Canadian dollar, U.S. Yeah, I dollar like that. all spends the same, right, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I, by the time the conversation comes to IRA, 401K, RSP, CFSA, um, I'm probably pushing you over to somebody else. Right. right. Your work is done here because you've got them on the right track, and that's, that's beautiful. And I love the that's fact right. that this is for everybody. I can imagine this is a very difficult conversation to have. It's not a conversation you're going to have with a friend because you don't want to admit that you're. Yeah, that's broke. it. You know, that's the problem. I mean, it's not a problem for me if it gives me business, of course, but it's a problem in, in society that we can't just say to our our good friend, "Hey, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm don't think I'm earning enough, and I, I'm in so much debt, and I, I think I'm going to go bankrupt." People have trouble having that conversation. Absolutely. That I can imagine. So there's, I guess there's a massive benefit then to reaching out to somebody like yourself that can, they can have that. And people, even when I take people on the phone, they, they listen to the podcast and real estate and they want to be like 
the other investors, right? You go to the real estate meetings and all the investors are, are posturing as who's the richest one and who's done the most deals and who makes the most money. And this is the, in the multifamily space, it's all about who's got the most apartments. So in that circle, I can yeah. imagine it's like a locker room, right? You don't want to go, I don't have any apartments and I'm broke. No, nobody's going to raise their That's hand and right. do that. So I like the fact they can reach out to you. And I never really thought about financial coaching as an avenue. And I think this is great. So I'm glad that we're, that we're doing this. And number one, I love the fact that you've been there, right? I think that makes you really, really good at what you're doing is you're not, you're not teaching theory. That's what college professors do. And you've been to college, you have a couple degrees and that's theory. But if the college professor's never been in financial trouble or never gone through the, the trauma of what you've gone through, and having the, the ADHD or ADD, depending on which one you have, it's tough. I have that too. I, I've been overcoming that for years. It's something that's been mm -hmm. it's crippling in, in any space, right? Because it's very difficult to focus on one thing for um, long periods of time enough to be effective. So I've had to go to counseling to get through, work through those issues so I can relate with. And this is something that's become, that's crippling people all across the world not just North America, it's crippling people all over the world. There's still stigma. Yeah. Absolutely. There absolutely is. So I appreciate what you're doing for the, the community, for everybody here in North America, those of us that, uh, that want to do better, that have gotten themselves in financial situations, and now they can, you provide that avenue. And what I like about it more importantly, and no disrespect to Mr. Ramsey, but there's no insurance for sale at the back end that I'm aware of. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you know, I'll, I might send you over to a robo advisor and maybe I'll get a, a referral, sure. but that's just like, that's at the end. And if you don't want to go to that, you know, if you just, if you're in a position where you just need to save money, well, of course I'm not going to say, uh, you know, go put your money in a, in a exchange traded fund. Right. right? I'm going to say build up an emergency fund first. And then when we get to that point, let's talk about it. Right. Exactly. Uh, but that's the thing. It's really, it's your decision. It's I'm not uh, taking your money. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm not even uh, really doing anything for you. I'm uh, helping you figure out what you want to do and how to achieve that. And for somebody that doesn't, isn't maybe ready, like to your point or before about when they're ready, then this is the best for them. You know, this can be the better for them. Obviously that'd be ready. You've got other resources available on your website. I'm seeing here. You've got your podcast. Of course, you got the personal finance show. Um, in addition to that, you've got a, a written blog and some other things there that allows people to kind of, I guess, be the fly on the wall and, and learn indirectly. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. So investwisely.ca, I mean, it's a Canadian site, but there's a lot of general stuff on there. Like sure. just how to not, not pay bank fees if you don't have to, exactly. uh, you know, that's, that crosses the board. Uh, but yeah, the podcast is, uh, I tell people stories. It's, uh, it's, we're coming up to a hundred shows. I'm, I'm, I think I'm uh, about a third of your number of shows, but right. <laughs> I'm heading, heading there. And, uh, yeah, there's, you know, if you have a small business, I have a uh, financial accounting.ca as well. Again, they're catered to Canadians, but a lot of it is just like, how do I manage my own money? Um, in business, if I have a small business personally, uh, you know, how do I just figure out, you know, a positive cash flow. That's kind of the main thing is like, we're all living in this world of negative cash flow and, and yes. leverage. Leverage can be good uh, if you know what you're doing, uh, which, you know, in, in your business especially, 
Yes. But, uh, you know, it's better if you like, say, if you, if somebody was going to flip a house, if, if you use the five grand of your own money, um, the risk is, is there, but it's not as risky as if it was borrowed money. That's true. And because now with, with the, and by risk, you know, you, it, for me, it comes down to the additional cost. Right. And what we find is, especially yeah. in the real estate space, and I wouldn't actually, this doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if it's real estate or not. Lending in North America has become predatory. Bottom line. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care if they haven't labeled it that way yet, but let's be honest. I mean, it starts with kids going to college. My daughter, both my daughters are in college. Oh, they were. She, Amanda was uh, 19 and they started sending her credit card offers uh, in the five digits. Fortunately, she was savvy enough not to get herself into into a bunch of debt. But the fact that they just attack with their direct mail and the and the the um, the colleges are actually passing out are providing this literature to these kids, they're starting them off at a disadvantage already by getting them saddled with debt, getting them used to paying for their education with debt instead of you know cash or coming up with ways to get it, doing the work to get grants and things like this. It's just become so simple to. Here, sign here in the student loan, and I'm sure I don't even want to get you started on student loan debt. How how traumatizing that can be to somebody's personal finance. So, yeah, I just did a whole episode uh, with Robert Carrington from College Investor about uh, about that oh and how it's so backwards. And yeah, and the, I mean the trillion dollars and yeah. oh yeah, so yeah, there's a that's. That's a, one of the big ones in the States, especially you guys, it costs so much more than here. It is. And um, I don't even know how people ever pay off their debt. I recently heard that the U.S. student loan debt is the largest debt asset of the federal government, which means if the student loan debt was forgiven, it would basically bankrupt the U.S. <laughs> not that there's not 20 other things that would bankrupt the U.S., but that's a pretty big one. <laughs> it's our, it's the largest investment the U.S. government has out there. Is that the backing of and, that? And I was so surprised. I was so surprised to find out that it can't be included in a bankruptcy. Yeah. It's it's exempt, and, and that's, that's even worse because it's the most likely thing to cause bankruptcy. It's <laughs> yeah. so big. It's organized crime is what it is. It's, it's government mandated crime. It is. They're setting you up. They're setting the kids up for failure. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah, we need to look at it as a different way. And, and the, the same thing applies to anything else in your life, right? What's, what's going to be the, the payback period of this, of this uh, borrowed money? Right. Am I going to be able to pay it back? What's it for? Why am I doing this? Do I need it now? Like we should have to go through 20 questions before we borrow anything. Very good points. Very good points. And, and to that, it's like you go to the doctor. I know you're, you have that little different healthcare system in the Canada than we do in the U.S., but when you go to the doctor, you can negotiate the cost of medical care with a hospital or with a doctor when you're, custom, when you're paying it yourself. But when it's the insurance company or mm -hmm. when it becomes easy to buy, they, they just they build the insurance company for everything under the sun and then hope and pray whatever they pay for and off they go and same thing with student loan debt. The cost of a college education has gone through the roof because kids are out there with blank checks. They're, they're yeah, you know, they're, enabled. everybody's approved, right? It's like a buy here, pay here lot for education. Everybody's approved. You can get a student loan and don't worry, it's only 3% interest now. It's adjustable and it's for 50 years or whatever it may be. And it's 300 bucks a month. And don't worry, you don't have to start paying it back until after you graduate. 
and get a $30,000 a year job that you, you can't afford the payments in the first place. Like, oh boy, we are in trouble. <laughs> Big trouble, but Bo, the best Big way trouble. for people to reach out for you is to go through your website, I imagine, book an appointment, get out, start taking the, net, yeah. the, the steps to get out of their own way, correct? That's right. You know, just, you know, have a chat with me for 15 minutes just to see if it's something for you. But otherwise, check out the podcast and, and read it on the website. Send me an email. You can just go to bullhumphreys.com. That's, that's my hub. You know, it, it links to all the other websites and it tells my story if you want to know a little bit more too. And awesome. um, I really just want to uh, talk about this stuff. I want to start the conversation or, or keep the conversation going so that nobody makes a mistake that was easily avoided by just knowing a little bit more. Thank you. That's very, very good advice. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. And, and, um, I know you got a busy guy. You got a lot going on, especially you got that, that new little boy there. You got Henry. So congratulations on that. Being a new dad. Baby Henry, five months, uh, five months in, uh, in a couple of days. Yeah. There you go. So thank you for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. And folks, I'm going to, thanks for asking. I'm going to wrap it right there, guys. And I think that there has been, well, we know a mind-blowing amount of value in here. Bo dropped some huge gold nuggets, but here's the deal. The best information in the world is absolutely useless if you don't take action. And to be able to take action, you need to go over to bohumphreys.com, opt in, watch, read his blog, listen to his podcast. If you want to really get serious about getting financially free and getting yourself out of your own way, getting out of trouble, then maybe you need to get on a consultation with him. Maybe... You need a financial coach before you need a real estate coach, right? Everybody in the real estate business is willing to coach you for 10 grand. But if you're broke, you can't do that, right? Thanks, guys. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.